sound it is time for the noodleberg daily huddle great morning to everybody welcome back to another noodleberg daily huddle and i can't tell you the last time it was the three of us on the screen i was so excited this morning um i got my ass kicked at six o'clock this morning by get jaked um just an amazing uh it's so good to get back in that head where i'm into it i want to push myself i saw you post beast mode this morning but yeah it's great and then excited to know that uh he's gonna be here this morning and you know all good stuff yeah, I got, I you know <clears throat> what do you go say jake go for it i know it's tough to get a word in with you too so <laughs> well i was just gonna say i have a confession to make like this is maybe the first time in the history of the show i didn't even look at the show notes one time i have no idea what we're supposed to talk about today i, I don't we i don't talk know about prep all the time i, I don't know I don't know if this is a good thing to say. I don't ever really look at the notes when I come on here. It's honestly, we do it so well where it's natural. I and the do. Conversation I flows. do a little like, prep. I do the reading of the articles. You know, I make sure that I'm ready to go. But I got to tell you, with all the stuff that's happening tonight with the women's uh, event, and this morning happens to be the morning where, where Gabby works out a little bit later. So I got a little bit more to do with Jules. I just... I just realized when I sat down, I was like, damn, I never even glanced at it. <laughs> All right, so I want to do an exercise this morning. Um, Shay, show me the uh, super yacht soiree invitation. No, okay. I thought yeah. you were going to just show me the invitation. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Sorry. sorry. Hello. Um, so if you look at that invitation, would it lead you to believe that you were going onto a yacht? Jake, you were not there. Um, would, would that lead you to believe that you were going to a super yacht soiree? Yeah. Uh, usually I give people the benefit of the doubt, but I think if you show a picture of a yacht, you call it a super yacht party. I think I would assume that I would have to take my shoes off and go on a yacht would be my, oh, uh, <laughs> and it said dress your yacht casual, you know, kind of yacht chic. Or yacht chic was the was the uniform, which first of all, I didn't even know what that meant. I had to Google it to see what yacht, yacht chic meant. So and then I was very, uh, it was very funny to me that if I, when I asked everybody, like, you know, hey, I thought it was on a boat. Everybody was like, so did we. So did, like everybody in the building was like, I thought it was on a boat. Like, we were looking for the boat, man. There was, all, you know, there were a lot of nice boats. So Casey got it right. So we saw Casey, we saw Chaz, we saw uh, Jen Starkey will, will be there, uh, one of the hosts tonight. Uh, we I mean, at least, like, did you guys have the ability to even tour a yacht? Was that even? You could yeah, there was, there was okay. an area that you could walk okay. out and see a lot of different yachts, which I also was not about to walk out there because there was like 500 people on this little walkway in between these boats and i was like everybody's drinking somebody's going in the water for sure at some point here like so, staying away from so, them. it was actually kind of fun i don't usually go to an event with mark we kind of go our separate ways and do our thing so it was kind of cool to go with you to that um it was hilarious that ever like jen starkey was very dressed up wearing sneakers 
She, was she like, had her boat shoes on. She wore boat sneakers. She was ready to go on the boat. So like, uh, I can't tell you this. Time. It's a very busy time in South Florida. There's a lot of events. There's a lot of women's events. We nailed it with ours. It's going to be an unbelievable night. And if you are not in the room, shame on you, because this is a place that you will want to be. Uh, so anyway, great, great stuff. Excited to have Jake here this morning. Um, why don't we wake this thing up? I got lots of stuff to talk about. So uh, I think uh, Jonathan Aarons, who is like, he is the best audience participator, I think. He he always is driving great contents. It's a reason to join the show, just to follow his comments, I think. You're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Speaking of comments. Which is what happens engagement. when you don't prepare. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it, actually. Uh, but I'm sa- I want to push everybody. We've been talking about it a few weeks ago. We've kind of not been so consistent in pushing people to do it. But put your topics in the comments, things you want to talk about, things you want to hear us talk about, things you want addressed, questions you have. All of those things will go into the agenda for us and we'll begin to populate the show. So we love to answer questions during the show. But if we can't get to it during a show, we'll always come back grab it and throw it into our agenda to be covered in future shows. So Jonathan Aaron says we have Jake back. I want to make the most of having Jake back. Um, he continues and I'm, I may embarrass you, but you continue to amaze me for how you hold yourself, what you say and what you actually know, because you're fairly quiet sometimes and so you, so let's just bring everybody up to date. What's up with you, Jake? What's up with uh, you, your business? Wow. Okay. What's up? Maybe, maybe I should have looked at the notes. You should have uh, prepared. <laughs> wow. Uh, look, uh, Get Jake is going great. Um, it allows me to be, it allows me to have really cool relationships with my clients. Uh, that's first and foremost, I think that's the best part of a coaching relationship is understanding what's going on in their lives, what pushes them, what motivates them. And the longer we go, the different cycles that my clients go through, like my dad, you know, being somewhat invested sometimes and figuring out how much I should push him when he doesn't really want to be there or where his, you know, getting people's mentality, understanding where they're at and figuring the best way to push them in that. I have state. a question for you. Go I for have it. a question for you. Who I, is, I, I didn't think I would talk very long until I heard who's you. Who's your so. most committed client? Uh, put you on the spot. My most committed client, definitely Ed Dykes. Yeah, I knew Eddie. I knew Eddie was going to win it. Right. Yeah, way to go, Ed. Eddie in the way that he allows me to push him in the days that he wants to, in the makeup days. Um, It is absolutely amazing. Get Jake, for those of you who don't know, um, Sarah, that's a good question. Get Jake is my personal training business, uh, physical training that I do on the side 
uh, which are, if you are looking, I recently have a few new slots open. I am expanding business. So uh, if you're interested in that, but on the, on the ball side, we're doing amazing stuff in the marketing department. Most of my focus has been on our online platform development for um, on the ball and, you know, creating learning curriculums for companies. Um, and it's just fascinating the amount of information you use or you learn when you start to do things and you start to tinker and you're willing to test and understand that you're testing and you're not afraid um, to spend some money to test and learn and grow and have passionate dialogues about what you're doing and continue to evolve and look for ways to get 1% better. And I think we're really doing that and we're really living our motto. You know, I think as a company, we have started to drink our own Kool-Aid and say, look, we're teaching everybody else to do it. And obviously most of the companies we work with are much larger. They operate on a greater scale, but the principles remain the same. And I don't think, and I'll put it in a sports term. It doesn't matter if you're playing peewee football, if you're playing NFL football, 11 people are on the field, seven people have to be on the line. It does not matter. There is a quarterback, there's a running back, there's a receiver. It doesn't matter what level you're doing it. Um, and if there's any Michigan people there uh, in here, I hate you to the max right now. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> cheaters. You guys are cheaters. So I have a question. Uh, I have a question. I want to take you to a place. Yep. So you mentioned the other day that um, the, like you can really know the information, but it doesn't mean that you can teach it or coach it. And I want you to sort of unpack yeah. that. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I was I was recently read an article about um, like it was team leaders versus actual managers and, you know, kind of the different traits that you look for. And I think there's different skill sets when it comes to being a leader that nobody really wants to break down. Everybody thinks if you're good at your job and you get elevated and therefore you are a leader. Leader to me is not as much about what, you know, it, it's it's really not or coaching in general. Like it can be any curriculum and you can still be a very good coach. And we don't focus on the development of those skills enough. We worry about, well, you know a lot, so therefore go tell people. That's not coaching. That's not the best way to get your message across in a way for the other pe person to digest it, understand it, and then put it into actionable steps. And that's one thing when I came out of football and I think similar to Mark is they're like, wow, you guys are really good coaches. You know, and it doesn't matter as much as the curriculum, more about how you're doing it and those skills that you're developing. I had this conversation with Doug White Wolf, and I hope he's okay with me sharing this, but like he was so caught up in trying to communicate exactly what he would teach to people. He's got a very unique tutoring business, right? He's been a public educator for his entire career. He's recently become an entrepreneur, and he was so focused on the thing. And I was like, dude, the thing is not what people are going to buy from you. People are going to buy the fact that you've been a successful educator for your entire career. If I schooled you up on time management for two hours, do you think you could go teach it to a class? He was like, of course. I was like, exactly. So I was like, so stop harping on the minute detail of what you're what you're going to be coaching and harp on the fact that you know how to teach. You know how to connect. And the experience of learning from you is going to be better than any other educator that you could ever be around. And, and I think that speaks exactly to what you're talking about, Jake. Good coaches are good coaches, regardless of whether they're in football, they're in business, they're in school. Good coaches understand how to connect and how to communicate, period. And I think to your point, both of you, which 
certainly makes me really, really proud. Um, you, you know what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Jake, you said you know when to push my buttons and you have me back on track because from August through September, I was not yeah. in it. I, yeah, and I think, you know, companies and I'm, I'm going to speak kind of holistically. So don't, if there's an, ex, you know, a specific example, don't take it out. Like I think companies do a bad job of building like a basketball room of having different skill sets in the room. Like you don't need all coaches. That's not going to help you. Like, and I know we've had one side on here where he was like, you know, I need a few guys who are visionaries who are going to be forward thinking, thinking of ideas. I need other guys who are going to preach their message and coach it really damn well. And then I need some other just really hard workers, you know? And I think we look for people who do everything and it's almost impractical to expect someone to be good at every skill it takes to be a leader. And so it's building that leadership team in a way that it, it exemplifies what people are good at, you know, and having that, because I think we do it really well. We're all very good at different things and think differently. And when you have those dialogues, that's where growth comes. Well, if, you all, the way. if you have all idea people, you're never going to, everyone's just yeah. going to keep spitting out ideas. Or if you have nobody who can preach the message, yeah. you can be the best visionary, but how the hell are you going to get it through the rest of your organization? It doesn't matter how great of an idea you have. If you can't get the buy-in or communicate it in a way that the people under you know what to do and want to do it and understand why it's important, the message isn't as, as important. You know, so. I, I totally, totally agree. We saw it on display yesterday in our you know, Wednesday marketing meetings where you're doing the work, you're driving the ship, and I'm adding my two cents. My two cents, not necessarily right. It's not wrong. It's just the friction of that gets us to a place, and I thought you did an amazing job. I want to turn the conversation because you said something at lunch with Tim the other day that was like a real mic drop. And you said, when we're young and we look like we're going to be good at something, our parents flood us with coach. Oh, you, we need to get him better. And, you know, so you take somebody who's good and you make them better. Well, I think the, I, the conversation uh, surrounded by potential. I think was right. the word that I, I, I used. And I, I like to study human behavior. It interests me. I think when you understand humans, you can be a better salesperson. You can be a better coach. You can be a better human. You can be a better, uh, it doesn't matter what it is under. Connector and communicator. Those right, are the like, two things that if you study human behavior, you can be really good at building connection and, and right, communicating. And it's industry agnostic. It doesn't matter what you do in your life. Those two things are the drivers for being successful or, you know, being able to connect and influence. And so it was funny. I, I, I somebody said to me, I was like, Oh, how are your kids doing? And they were like, oh, you know, they, they, you know, they need tutoring. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. You know, like they need help reaching their potential. But yet in that avenue, everyone looks at it as a negative. Ah, they didn't, you know, they're not good enough. And so they need to do it. And I go, I was raised in sports. If you showed the glimpse of your potential, they were like, oh, we got to get you coaching. We got to get you better so you can reach your full potential. And it's looked at as a positive. And it's this, I think this kind of double-edged sword of people don't grow up you know, wanting to chase that potential, or if they need help reaching their potential, it's almost looked at as a negative sometimes. And that's where I think for people who didn't play sports or don't see that side struggle with the idea that they need help or they need outside help to help reach their potential or, you know, everything that the organization gives them is it. 
because in school that was like, well, they have teachers, so you don't really need help outside if you're fine, you know? And I think it's this different thinking of changing your perspective of the way that coaching looks, the way that reaching your potential potential looks and the way you go about getting the help you need. Cause I think everybody does, whether you're the top 1% or you're at the bottom of the barrel. Well, it's, there's also an interesting conversation around this topic because I've been approached by a lot of people recently like mentor or coach their kids. And I'm always really hesitant to say yes to that or even entertain the idea because number one, what are we really trying to coach them on right now? Like they're kids. And I think about when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, I had a lot of leeway. The things that I was being marked on were, were my grades that I keep my grades up. And was I being active in the sports that I was a part of, whether it be baseball, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, those were the things that you guys were holding me accountable to. And my chores like Saturday morning, I was getting up and washing the car with you, or we were trimming <coughs> the hedges or whatever the hell we were doing. We were going grocery shopping. I had to be a part of that with you, but those were my obligations. I wasn't required to be like watching Andrew Huberman podcasts in my free time. You know what I mean? And I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a line we got to really watch as we get access to more information and we come become more aware of what we can do to help our kids. We still have to allow them the freedom to be well, the kid. To that point, uh, Jake shared, I haven't watched it yet about the tennis player that like got to the, had a total meltdown on his way to center court at the, at the, the um, US Open. I want, like, I want to keep this going. We have unbelievable motivational music, and then we're going to get a visit from uh, Coach Kirby, who's going to talk about the costs of leadership. We could do the Kirby thing, or we could call an audible and go with Jake's question last week, which still has me like blowing my mind. Jake sent us a text. Early oh, the, in the top morning. five rock and roll songs. Rank, rank these five. And I think I want to save the leadership thing. Yeah, we only have three minutes left in the show. So, and I, I want to speak because that video just sparked a memory for me. 
Jules is really into grabbing the remote, right? And we have a smart TV and it's a Samsung. So he does really good at just changing it to a zillion different things. He got to the live TV version of Samsung and got to the Vivo channel, which I was like, I don't know. I know what Vivo is because it came out on YouTube way long ago. And it was a YouTube channel that was was focused on music videos. Well, now they have a streaming station that's connected to whatever live TV that Samsung has, and they do the greatest of for like an hour. And so he turned it on and it happened to be on the greatest of journey. And it was actually just their live show in Houston for an hour. And I was like, yeah, we can watch this. (laughs) He was loving it. He was loving the guitar. This song was not part of the five that he originally said as one of the best, and it easily could. And Chris Pollock just gets it. Uh, yeah. the, the, the words to the beginning was, right. I paid my dues. I've made my mistakes. Man. Yeah. So, I consider it a challenge among all human race. Yeah. I never lose. So, right. Those five songs, Jake, tell us what those five songs are. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, while training people, I'm, I'm big into music. Uh, most of the time I've gotten to the point where I just choose the playlist and the category and run and everyone's like, damn, you know a lot of music. Uh, so thankful to Dad and Mark for that. Uh, but I went down a rock and roll one a couple of weeks ago and, and hit them with a text and said, rank these five songs. If I remember correctly, it was Freebird, yep. Stairway to Heaven, yep. All yep. Along the Watchtower, Hotel California and Greengrass and High Tides. Yes, um, and there's correct. probably a six. Layla is probably deserves to be in there yeah, as well. In that conversation. We are the champions could easily be in there. Dream on could be, you know, could ease Aerosmith. But of those five, Oof, another Mark, one. Mark, yeah. What was your number one? Freebird. Freebird is hands, in my opinion, hands okay. down the greatest rock. Wait, and roll what was your number one? I think I settled all on the Watchtower, but I, did I. It's it's so funny because I did things with a guitar. Well, that- well, it's really funny because like there's two and you know and Journey probably is the third. There's like three different rock and rolls I consider from that era. Like I consider like you know Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix yeah. to be one. There's side. like late like mid to late sixties. There's and like then early seventies, right. and then you and then have the kind 70s, of the southern, 80s. the southern slightly rock. different genre. And then you have the hair band kind of eighties, you know. And so it's kind of hard to rank them all. But I, I, after listening to Freebird, I don't know how it gets better than that. Right. I, I, it's ridiculous like rock and roll. So it's absurd. Of that um, piano, they included the piano in a way that nobody had ever done. And so that just piano riff alone. Is- this conversation then sparked the idea in my head that I was like, well, it's really not fair to Jimmy because Jimmy died. Right. And so you lost a lot of years, which then made me think the same thing about Marvin Gaye. Like, I, for me, in terms of music losses, oh. you lost Jimi Hendrix and you lost Marvin Gaye that were both like in the prime of their music careers. How much more ridiculous music or evolutions of music or new genres and new styles would we have had if they had been offered the opportunity to continue on? Like, those I'll, are just I'll, big I'll L's you, for the music. I'll leave you with one more question and the crowd can participate. Rank the three Stevie Wonder, Elton John, and Billy Joel. Oh, unreal. Like, how do you do that? Um, I would say Stevie Wonder because the others don't have anything until Stevie does what he does. Man. Elton so. John is absurd. <laughs> Elton John is a is a, is a, is an entertainer, is yeah. a multi, you know, multi 
uh, instrument player like Elton John blows both of them I, out. I of would the go Elton. It's, uh, the West Coast chiming in. The West Coast is chiming in. Layla. Layla's, uh, yeah. I mean, look, like Clapton is an all time great guitar player. And again, like somebody who, because of the longevity of his career, too, offered us so much fantastic music. So, so I love all the engagement. Thought. Jonathan Aarons agrees Elton John is number here's one. Here's my last thought. And I learned this. 25 years ago from Tony Robbins in a room with Tony Robbins and Dan Lear. And Tony said, where focus goes, energy flows. If you get up in the morning and focus on the top 10, top five rock and roll songs, if you don't have a kick-ass day, something is wrong with you because it moves you in a way that nothing else could do. We're going to play some music tonight. It'll be a fun night. If you're on the fence, come get yeah. walk-ups are welcome at the door so if you can if all of a sudden your schedule opens up get over to the ymca over on cis trunk and uh come enjoy a fantastic night with us tonight of great people great information and just great time together yeah we'll uh you know uh we, we thanks to shay and uh, sarah and jake i mean they did an amazing job they have cleared room for more people so, uh, you know, what was originally sold out, there is extra room. So bring a friend. All the so money goes to charity. my discussion with the uh, coordinator there, we did expand just a tad. Welcome. Awesome. Great stuff. Thank you, guys. Very excited to see everybody tonight. And I saw in the comments Michelle and Melissa talking about making a road trip for this event next year. Let's get let, let's let's have a conversation about how we can make Sistella make that happen for you guys. And you know what? Here's what I was thinking on that. Just so that we can document it, we could actually make it a live like learning day and then go yep. right into the event. So love it. Love it. Great stuff. Thank you guys. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow for Huddler in the hot seat. Until then, stay on the ball and let's get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business.